Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 41. Today we are in Luke chapter 14 as we make our way through the 24 chapters. And I want to thank you for returning to visit, to uh, follow what's coming through this podcast. Uh, I'm thankful if this is your first time. I, I hope you find something very special through this the Lord uses. And uh, let's just jump right into it. So it's Luke chapter 14. And it says, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him. And sent him on his way. One thing I want to point out in this um, moment here that we get to read. um, This is very often what occurs in the interactions of those kind of what we see the religious leaders and um, kind of our, our modern day Pharisees. And and I'll be kind. Um, these people may be good intentioned to some degree, but there is an element here that we see for many, even in the church today, that we see here revealed in Scripture. It says that they were watching Jesus carefully. Why? Because they wanted to accuse him of wrongdoing. They were eager to catch him in something wrong. Just as we today are very eager to catch people in amongst uh, the, uh, the Christian ranks, we want to catch them in wrongdoing. So we, in so many, so many times, so we can be justified in our thinking about them, and so that we can establish the validity of our of our intuition, maybe, um, or just at the very least, the 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 validity of our word. Um, we were so quick to stand against uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, to stand against them and, and accuse them and blame them and criticize them, when, when in reality, um, we, we must, in the faith, stand with and, with and in love for one another. They will know us. They will know that Christ was sent because of the love that we have one for another. It, it's very much not the case of what we see today throughout our um, Christian faith is accusations and blame against one another. And this is what we see when Jesus asks them, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Very often, 
rather than be a part of the solution, rather than being a part of the answer, so oftentimes we tend to be a part of the accusation. And that's all very much is 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 interested in being is the the part of the accusation Uh, they had an opportunity to to speak up here but they they yet to have ammunition uh, to use against jesus so they remain silent and so jesus taking hold it says in verse four taking hold of the man he healed him and sent him on his way Verse 5, then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on a Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? They had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Notice uh, with these scenarios, there's a lack of interest. Each one has something that they must or are interested in more. And, And I believe that this is a revealer of our hearts of interest and desire. The servant came back and reported this to his master. 
Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, verse 25. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Now here, don't hear him to say he's wanting you to hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. No. It is, you. he's saying those who do not, by comparison, hate them compared to um, a desire to be his disciple. Verse 27, And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation, you are not able to finish it. If For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule, ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I think it, it comes without, without questioning. Jesus explicitly talks about the cost of being one of his disciples. There is a cost. There is sacrifice. There, there is a varying degree of what that looks like. So many times we judge uh, people, those in ministry, those with a platform. Uh, we judge them so easily and quickly because it looks like on the surface that they have, they have it, maybe you think, too easily. They are financially abundant with far more than one could imagine or t- use functionally you may look at them and it may appear as though everyone loves them wants to be near them and a part of what they're doing in ministry and on the surface it may look like 
well, this, you know, they might not be biblically based because, well, here Jesus is talking about in, in Luke 4, he's 14, he's talking about how there's going to be a cost. that and, and it appears on the surface to those we see that look like they have it all, it, like everything is amazing. When in reality, we, we don't see the years of toil the, and, and the, the barrage of judgment and criticism placed upon, upon them through people with religious minds. Um, so I, I would encourage us to, to not be so quick to judge, not quick to point a finger of accusation. We must come into a enlightened place of love and grace and humility. So many times we find ourselves in a place of division within the body of Christ because when we, when we come to a place of disagreement, we, we find that we're so quick to be offended and when we disagree we split and divide and and do it our own way but i think if we would pause to seek the heart of god we may find ourselves in a place where god's wanting to do something in our lives particularly and so in those moments of potential offense we have to answer the question, what does God want from me in this moment? Sometimes he has a plan that he wants to accomplish, a purpose that he wants to bring about. And so in that moment, under his direction and leadership, if he, if he tells you to, to pull away and to pursue other paths, then by all means, we, we do that. We follow the direction of the Lord. But we're very quick to, in our offense and in our bitterness and resentment, we're very quick to kind of withdraw and pull away and, and, and kind of say to ourselves, I can't be a part of something like this. But have you asked the Lord, what do you desire for me in this situation? And many times we'd be surprised to find out that the Lord wants us in that very place where we are in that very moment. And, and it could be quite confusing as to why that would be. But there is much maturing and grace learning that, is, that can be had inside of those moments, inside of those difficult and trying, taxing and frustrating uh, moments and encounters. There is a lot to be learned. And I think so many times we prematurely uh, pull away from those difficult situations. And even sometimes we press in so headstrong that we become an offense to many people because of our strong opinions and our strong uh things that we communicate. But if we could just practice the way of humility, practice the way of peace, we can come into this 
better understanding of who Jesus is. I mean, let's just pause to think for just a moment. The creator of all things who spoke everything into existence, the creator, humbled himself and even remained silent in his his own accusation, in the accusations laid against him. So, so many times we can see where Jesus laid out the example, I only do what the Father instructs and shows me to do. And so I pray that be the, the echo of our heart. I believe that there is no substitution for obedience. Obedience is at the beginning and at the end. Obedience is where, where a person's metal is, is, made, is proven. Um, all, as we look through the, the, uh, the hallways of history, we see that people mightily used by God had a desire and a willingness to obey. And so I would just encourage you, whatever place that you find yourself in, whatever frustration, whatever um, upset, uh, disappointment, I would just ask that you would mindfully pray to seek the heart of God on the matter. What would you have me do, Lord, in this situation so that, one, your will is done, and two, you receive glory through it, whatever the circumstance. And if we can just trust that as a good father, he desires for us good things. And so even bad situations can become good things. So I just uh, I just want to end with that. I thank you for uh, staying here and visiting me, with me in Luke chapter 14. I pray that this blesses your heart. And until next time, God bless. means I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes